to episode 204 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hello. It is Monday night, July 18th. And tonight we're going to talk, what three movies do we think should have been made? Or should be. Or should be made. Yeah. Or in our heart of hearts and dream of dreams, we just want to be made. Yeah, I, I, I get the sense we're going to cover a lot of fertile ground for potentially good movies. So before we dive in, let's do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. You can go to mixos.com, check out our webcomic, our podcast, and our comic book reviews there. You can check us out on facebook.com. We also have a vibrant Instagram page. So if you go to Instagram, type in vibrant M-C-S-O-S-S. You can find us there. We also have a YouTube channel. Same deal. M-C-S-O-S-S. That's all I got. Easy. That was a fast housekeeping. It was a clean house. It's just like one of those ones where you're having company and all you have to do is like fluff the pillows real quick. Maybe, maybe like put, you know, the hair gel in the cabinet rather than like leave it on the sink. Don't you want to leave it on the sink? Why? To show off your product? No. No, is that a thing? That's right. I use I don't know. Beyond you're, the Zones you're so, you're demented. So, yeah, you're so proud of your hair product. I figured... Not you know, today. This you is, just leave it out I don't know what's going damned. on with us today. You don't like it? Not today, man. It's a good thing. I got, a new, only I got a new person cutting my hair, and it's been different since... Since she started cutting my hair. Well, she needs to learn that when you get your hair cut, you only want a sixteenth of an inch taken off because you get your hair cut every week because you're a haircut maniac. A lot of people go uh, once every couple weeks. Yeah. it's Some people's hair grows fast, man. Mine grows really fast. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Well, you don't know because I get it cut often, but yeah, trust me, it grows fast. I think fast. There's, there's plenty of days you're like... Yeah, I stopped and got a haircut, and no one would be the wiser. Well, that's the trick. You gotta. I always tell them, cut it so it looks like you didn't cut it. Because I don't like that like brand new looking haircut look. It looks dumb. You're like you like how actors get their haircut. You have a lived in haircut. Yeah, a lived in haircut. I like that. Yeah. If you're on a if you're on a regular series, you're going to set every day. You're getting. A little, a little trim every day. So, yeah, you're getting it touched up all the time. That's ideally what you'd like. You'd like yeah. a hairstylist to be in your bathroom every morning just is to it, assess the situation, make sure nothing's getting out of control. Paul, is that asking too much? I don't think it is. If you could afford it, I bet you could have that. I don't think I could I'm afford sure that. I'm sure that service is available. Maybe not Maybe not through a Supercuts or Sport Clips. No, on, maybe on you could my- invent that service. You know, you could have a make an app and just have like haircut on demand, and have somebody just come to your house or whatever location and just appear. And- you may have just come up with a million dollar yeah. idea there, Sharply. Cutter, but with just like an R, no E R R cutter. Cutter cut apostrophe R. No, just just R C U T R. Yeah, cutter. How about cutter. M- McCutters? McCutters. <laughs> Matt, you brought this. Rare. You brought the topic for tonight's episode to our attention. Yeah, a few days ago, was that inspired by something? Did you see something that you were like, you know what, I would like to see that become a movie? Yeah, kinda, kind of. I, I was, well, shit. This is gonna like spoil my my pick. You if only I, have one. Well, can, no, but my you can loosely dance around it, right? Well, I was listening to a podcast. Look at that hair. He doesn't loosely dance around anything. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast uh, that they were talking about uh, an audio commentary on a particular movie, and it got me thinking about why does that movie not have a sequel? Mm-hmm. Like, it it should have a sequel, I think, and uh, and it makes sense for it to have had a sequel. It Ooh. seems like one of those... Are you gonna? This is what you're going to talk about later. 
Yeah, I'll get into it a little bit later. Oh, I th- this is what we call in the business a tease. I can't wait, but we should go to somebody else before we. Well, I, can, we I could also give you a different one because I think we said our top three that we'd like to have made or should have been made into movies, right? Yeah. Well, I can I can start with a different one. Whatever you whatever you're you feeling. What, I'm going to start with uh, one that maybe is already on your list. This is the one that I think has potential to be on either of your lists. And it is, uh, as you know, Disney bought Star Wars a few years ago and they said we're going to make uh, episode 7, 8, and 9, plus we're going to make these spinoff movies. And we didn't really know what it was and then they said, okay, we're going to do this Rogue One thing. You know, it's pretty good. And then Han Solo, nobody kind of wants that. And then, uh, not even apparently Lucasfilm because they're firing everybody. But um, the one that they didn't announce and haven't announced, but they should have, is the Obi-Wan movie. Everybody wants it. Ewan McGregor, the guy that played him, wants to be Obi-Wan again. It makes perfect sense. I think that there's a fertile ground to tell a good story. It doesn't even have to be, oh, he never leaves Tatooine. Sure, leave Tatooine for a little bit. Go into space. Do what you need to do. Yeah, where would you set this? Because a lot of Obi-Wan's story has been told. Like, not all of it, but I've, a good, a decent chunk. Throughout I the thought about this a while ago, actually. I always thought it would be cool to tell the story of Obi-Wan once Ewan McGregor gets a little bit older and... And now is the time, or, you know, in 10 years or whatever, however long we want to wait. You can always Graham up. Right. But the story Graham would be set in between a little bit. three and four. And um, and there's a sequence in um, the, uh, the original Star Wars where Darth Vader and him are fighting. And Darth Vader says, you should not have come back. And... There's dialogue in that movie that doesn't necessarily lend itself to definitively saying that the last time uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader or Anakin confronted each other was that fight on Mustafar, the lava planet. Well, that's because George Lucas threw out the originals when he wrote the prequels. There's tons of dialogue that doesn't line up. But I know the dialogue you're talking about. Right. So what I'm saying is, I like that subtle dig that wasn't subtle. Uh, What I'm saying is there's nothing that contradicts what happened in episode four that wouldn't allow Obi-Wan to, maybe he already was on the Death Star. That would explain why, A, he knows it's a space station, not a moon. It would explain why he knows where to go on the Death Star to turn the tractor beam off. Because he gathered that shit real quick when he saw the schematics, right? On the screen. Yeah, for an old guy, he was right. pretty savvy. Right, and as we all know, old guys don't even know anything about technology. He probably, he didn't know. He was just going based on memory. So, like, it, it's okay. And Darth Vader even says, I haven't felt a presence I haven't felt since... He didn't say, presence I haven't felt since I got my legs and arms chopped off on Mustafar. Because he, he was thinking. Right, but what I'm saying is, that could be anything. So why can't it be the presence I haven't felt since the last time that fucker was on the Death Star? (laughs) Why not? Well, I mean, it would have to be now with the events of Rogue One, and we know how recently, like how close uh, Rogue One and New Hope are. Right. It would have to be a a pretty old and advanced age Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, it can happen well before Rogue One. Yeah, right. Do you think, I mean, like, do you think that we have, like, a pseudo-functional Death Star? I don't like, like this how idea. Long I, don't, it, I, don't, I don't like this idea. To, I, don't, I don't know if it's functional, and it doesn't how long necessarily... Does it take to build a Death Star? It also doesn't have to be on the Death Star. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I think it would be cool if Obi-Wan and Anakin actually confronted each other before the confrontation that they have on the Death Star. Like, if they decide they wanted to do it, that's fine. Because Obi-Wan Kenobi does know... I know that Darth Vader is galaxy-wide famous, but he knows about the version that we see in A New Hope, I feel. Like, he wasn't shocked and surprised that his buddy was a cyborg. Right. It feels like he had a pretty good idea that 
that's who he was dealing with. Maybe he had already seen that. Maybe he mm-hmm. confronts him somewhere where it makes sense, right? But yeah. it doesn't have to be Darth Vader. I talked to Paul about it briefly, uh, that it kind of would have been cool if it could have been Darth Maul and they would have done that story, but instead they kind of did it in Rebels. And while I loved that sequence, it felt so just kind of there just wasn't any fanfare to it. It was just kind of like it happened so quickly. It was shoehorned within the greater context of this rebel storyline that I don't really care about. And the stuff that I really cared about felt like it was, it was so minimal in the greater scheme of like the rebel story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always liked that star Wars visionaries comic book that came out right around the time of, um, episode three it was it was like a trade paperback and it was random stories and the the best one the one that everybody liked and the one that everybody knows is the one where darth maul turns out he was alive and he's been tracking obi-wan ever since he got chopped in half and now he has like a spider half to his body which was kind of the inspiration for what they did when they brought him back on clone wars even though that was kind of weird as hell but darth maul shows up and Obi-Wan was kind of ready for him. They have this big battle and I guess Darth Maul has him beat and he's about to kill him. But all of a sudden, Darth Maul gets shot in the head. Uncle Owen apparently actually picked him off. Hardcore and that was dead eye Owen. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of cool, you know, but it always like kept this idea of a possibility where Obi-Wan and Darth Maul had unfinished business and I thought it would be so cool to see it in the movie until they this past season decided to actually wrap that up on Rebels which is kind of unfortunate because I think that would have been a great movie to have Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul as like the the main focus of that movie mm. be cool to get Ray Park back like I just I felt like there was a lot of potential there but it could be anybody but I think that would be a great movie and I think that for most Star Wars fans, as far as the spinoffs go, that is the one that is, would probably be like the unanimous winner for what we want to see. Yeah, I I like the idea of him facing off against Darth Vader. Actually, I just like the the technicality of the Death Star aside. I think that it would be kind of cool for him to have, you know, come up against. The, the new and improved mechanical version of Darth Vader at some point and really got to see the fall of his uh, his his good old Padawan. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be in for that. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm all in for an Obi-Wan movie. I would love to see that, but I don't want to see Darth Maul or Darth Vader. What would your antagonist look like? I think you could just tell a really cool story about him, like, saving a town on Tatooine. It doesn't, just because it's a Star Wars movie, it doesn't need to be a two and a half, three hour epic. Just give us, you know, a really good... Well, no Star Wars movie is a two and a half, three hour epic. Just give us a really good story. It can be a quiet story about Obi-Wan. Look at something like Baby Driver. It... You're not saving the world. You're not battling your most arch nemesis. It's just a really cool story. You could do a really cool story with Obi Wan. All all everyone's favorite B sides playing the whole time. Maybe has, maybe Obi Wan's wearing his space buds the whole time. Maybe maybe include some of those John Williams classics. Ah, uh, but yeah, like if that's I, what I, he's I, listening to. I could get behind that. Like I. I don't. I don't like the idea of Darth Maul or, or Darth Vader. I think forcing Darth Vader in there is just. Well, I think for Obi Wan, for a Jedi, it kind of makes sense to go ahead and have a lightsaber battle. That to me, when you got a movie featuring you know a, your hero as a sword fighter, that's kind of like a given that the climax in the movie is going to have a sword fight at the end. That's kind of like what makes Star Wars so fucking cool. You know every movie, you're going to get that lightsaber battle at the end. This is Obi-Wan. Of course there should be some kind of sword fight at the end. Right? Yeah, I guess if you just want to 
paint by numbers and not make an original movie that's good based on the movie itself. Like, if there's no big sword because, fight... Because Empire Strikes Back was garbage because it was just paint by numbers with that dumb sword fight You know what end. I mean? Because by the time... But no, don't I don't. roll your eyes. By the time you get to now, you're like every Star Wars movie, big sword fight. Yeah. By the time Empire happened, there were only two. And the first one didn't end with a big sword fight. Should Return of the Jedi have ended differently then? Return of the Jedi ended perfectly because it it fit the story. Should, it's what the story was about. Should Revenge of the Sith not have had a sword fight at the end? Revenge of the Sith also. It was story driven. If there's no really good story to tell with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, which I don't think there is, then that fight shouldn't happen. You shouldn't shoehorn Darth Vader or Darth Maul, which is even more insane because that dude shouldn't have even been brought back in Clone Wars. You get cut in half and you fall down wherever he fell down. He's dead. He's fucking dead. Dead, dead, dead. So, like, don't force other characters into the movie just because, oh, wouldn't it be cool if these two met up again? Like, serve the story. Like, it should be a really good story and movie first, and then you fill in, like, how to build all the other stuff. Well, yeah, right. I wasn't exactly trying to construct the entire movie. However, I do think that an important aspect of it would be to yeah, there should be a sword fight. If you want to tell just a quiet little story, it doesn't need to be Obi Wan. Then Obi, part of Obi Wan's appeal is the fact that he's a fucking Jedi Master. Was Luke's attack on Jabba's cell barge lame because he didn't have another lightsaber to fight against? No, it was really cool. Wouldn't it be awesome to see Obi Wan lightsaber in hand go take down some big base or fort or something of the bad guys? It would be, but I always kind of like that face-off where there's, you know, it's like one-on-one or two against one, whatever. But not like one can, guy. It, it like can come down to one-on-one. You can invent some weird, goofy shit like the dark saber. Yeah, well, that's fine, too. Like, it, I'm, I didn't say it's got to be like a Sith or whatever, but like some kind of cool showdown with, yeah, with Obi-Wan lighting up the lightsaber. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think there's there are ways to make that happen. I don't think either... I don't think it needs to be Darth Maul or Darth Vader. Okay, that's fair. Paul, what's the movie that you would like to see made or feel that should have been made by now? Uh, boy. I would really like to see This is a this is a deep cut. I'm going to start with deep cuts. I'll get I'll get a little a little more broad for for you listeners. Uh, there was a comic called The Wake by Scott Snyder and Sean Murphy. In the first half of that of that comic, the the first 6 issues were amazing. It was like underwater jaws style the thing type horror. Um a oceanographer gets trapped in this underwater base with her son and like uh, some other shady characters down there and they're being attacked from uh, on the outside by they don't what they're, they don't know what there's some mysterious creature like like uh, coming after them eventually the story spills into some big like time traveling way into the future these like uh terror mer people they're take like over the, the world creatures from the black lagoon yeah it the the second half gets gets super crazy but the first half really focuses on the main character and her son and how they deal with being trapped in this underwater stronghold while these creatures are attacking. And it's done so well. The characters are so compelling. Like they're all they're all etched out, you know, really really boldly. It could be a really good horror movie. It would be a great horror movie. But like I think that that's a that's a big long shot and Matt, we were talking earlier about the su- the general subject of this, and I was like, "Yeah, like, there's a handful of um, comic arcs that I think would make great movies." But at the same time, like, would they? Would they make great movies? Because I don't want to see this stuff tainted. Because there's for for a while now, I've, I've been like, "Yeah, new He-Man movie, new He-Man movie, make a new He-Man movie." But then I see like how much I'm let down. Do you think by that's- by it's movies. A, I see what they did with Transformers, and I'm like, you know what? Just let it go. I don't think, need a new Masters of the Universe movie. You think it's impossible? Like, I knew that was going to be your reservation to bringing up He-Man as one of the first ones. 
do you think it's impossible for them to be able to convert and make a satisfying movie that would roll the dollars in as well as set, satisfy the core base of 80s kids? Like, I don't think it's impossible. I think that there are people that exist in Hollywood that can make that movie. And for well, this now, exercise, I think that it's fair enough to now say Now that like, Hollywood is becoming run by our generation, I definitely think it's a possibility. I think, you know, people that kind of got that stuff from the 80s would absolutely be the right people to, you know, bring it to the silver screen. Like, I think if Transformers, if they're making the first Transformers movie now... I think that they probably would have gotten it a little closer to what we expect it to be and what we want totally. than what we got from the Michael Bay that started right. back. And what when did the first Transformers movie come out? Oh six, oh seven, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, two thousand seven. Like that was still sort of a murky time in movie making history where, like, we weren't sure if people could buy into some of these goofy comic and you know, TV properties, but I think that something like Power Rangers proves a little bit, yeah. like, there there is an ability to make something Michael with heart Bay, that can connect with the fan base. Michael Bay just doesn't seem like a good fit for existing IPs, you know, like, there's a very distinct Michael Bay aesthetic, mm -hmm. there's a distinct Michael Bay uh, style to his movies that you know they're they're melodramatic they're filled with super hot girls in like slow motion posing ridiculous explosions to the point where you can't even keep up with it mm -hmm. um characters seem pretty light and fluffy there's not much to it seems like there's way more emphasis on the action that isn't particularly good. It, it works for stuff like Bad Boys. Yeah, I think some of his, if Michael Bay it can be given credit for anything, I think his action scenes are quality. Bad Boys 2, the, where they're, they're chasing after the uh, tractor trailer that has the cars, mm -hmm. um, and the bad guys are just dumping cars at Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Yeah, I, I thought that was like a really high-quality action scene. I guess maybe... Uh, I think they're they're overdone though. I, yeah. I I feel like they're they get to be so um, stylized that yeah. that they seem not that they have to feel totally real, but they you know they're kind of like Fast and the Furious kind of things where they're just so over the top that that they just seem kind of dumb after a while. Yeah, and and. There's just not a whole lot of humanity to Michael Bay movies. Yeah, I think that one of the biggest like missteps for the Transformers as a franchise is that they handed off the reins to somebody that was all action and no heart. Uh, yeah. Where there's, if you watch those movies, there's no continuity. <laughs> like if you really take a a real hard, not even a real hard, if you watch the movies and try to trace the lineage of the Transformers from movie to movie, it changes. And what they probably would have been better suited with is somebody to overlook the franchise that actually cared about it, like read some of the comic books, maybe watched the cartoons, and understood that the literally and, and the, the heroes of Transformers are the robots, right. and that's who we should focus on the human characters nobody ever really cared about them they're only there to sort of like move some of the plot along and get to places where the transformers can't get right but they're not the, the like you know sam witwicky is not like the <laughs> main character I, I that by anybody no means gives a crap make apologies for michael bay but that would holy shit would that be an expensive movie when like <laughs> your main cast is like six or seven robots yeah but i mean like i don't know i think they could still do it like in what uh transformers movies did you see i have seen them all including the new one and, yeah <gasps> i went to see it last week how was it it was bad what do you want me to say 
<laughs> Why'd you see it? My wife wanted to go see it. We did she like it. it? She thought it was all right. Really? Yeah, she thought it was all what right. What did she not like that was good? What did she... Wait, you mean like... Has she seen movies? You mean that what she did she like, like that, that was not good? No, 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 no. Because so I can tell she, you, she you know what movie? Transform- Wait, hold on. Oh, she thought Transformers was okay, right? But what did she think was not so good, but actually really was good? In that movie? Or- no, 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 no. What movie? Okay, in movies. Oh, I have the perfect. Um, <laughs> I have the perfect movie. She didn't like Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, <laughs> but she thought Transformers Seventeen was pretty good. Yes. Come on, Tracy. I know, I know, I know. I, I, we got out of Homecoming. I was jazzed. I wanted to talk about it. And she was like, eh, I don't know. I didn't like it. It seemed kind of juvenile. And I, I, I immediately was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to wait to talk about this movie because I can't <laughs> talk about it with you. So, were, yeah, I've seen all the Transformer movies. You were like, <laughs> oh my God. I've seen them all in the theater, too. Holy shit! I've seen them all yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Why would you, you know better? Was this I do the know last better. one? Was this the last one? Uh, n- they said so, but no! No way! No way! Spoilers. They set up... Like, in- I'm so mad that we've had three different Spider-Men in the time that we've had five... Transformers movies mm-hmm. because there have been good merit for each each Spider-Man movie. There have been some good takeaways. Like the second Amazing wasn't it was, it was probably the worst of the five, but like there even have, still I there watched have been, like good takeaways from that stuff. Every Transformers movie is bad. Why are we not rebooting Transformers yet? Take that license off of him it, it makes, and reboot that oh, shit. Well, his it Turtle makes, movies weren't good either. Well, I only Turtle saw the first one. movies were better than the Transformers movies. Yeah, they, well, the one that I saw was the better than... The second one was actually pretty good, I thought. With Rocksteady and Bebop. Yeah. I thought it was... I don't know. It felt Ninja Turtles-y to me. But like wasn't a, that wasn't directed by him. That was it's produced by, by Michael Bay. It's by Platinum Dunes, which is his production company. It wasn't directed by Michael Bay, but it has Michael Bay's signature stamp on it because it's his production company. I'm sure he has a hand in some of that. But he did not direct either of the Turtles movies. Yeah, I I think if the right... in the right, There was even a scene in the first Game of Thrones episode where I was... Um, Matt, it's not a spoiler. It's just a scene where Jon Snow's talking to someone in Winterfell. And the I way. I guess Jon Snow's alive. He was alive at the end of the season. The last season, you asshole. I'm pretty sure I told you I'm a season behind, but whatever. Come on. What rock have you been living under that you don't know he's not upright in some form or another? I know now. Maybe it's not Jon Snow. Maybe it's fake or Jon Snow. <laughs> Keep keep going Son with Joe. your spoilerific point, Paul. So Jon Snow's talking in Winterfell, and Ned Stark someone. is back too. I bet. And I don't know, like nothing. Would you happened. like to guess a pop singer that appeared in episode? Jesus Christ! <laughs> How are you fucking are you kidding, kidding me? I wanted. No, to, I'm not kidding. Would you I wanted like to, to guess? shake Benioff and Weiss. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I didn't hate it, but apparently it made that person shut his Twitter down. Because who was it? Ed Sheeran. Yeah, guess what, Ed Sheeran? You're not bigger than Game of Thrones. See, I kind of don't like it because that dude seems to just really dig fantasy and swords and sorcery shit. He wrote the song for uh, the second Hobbit movie. He wanted to just be in Game of Thrones. I get it. You know, like I he he, he had zero. He had like one line of dialogue, right? and he sang a fucking song. I get like, it. Get off his. I dick, get it. He everybody. had he he barely had any dialogue. He was just there. But like Matt, I'm sure you have no idea who this guy is. Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Well, I know. I think I know the song you're talking about from The Hobbit. Yeah, but, you probably do. Um, like being. Being a guy like myself, who's like a prick, a prick, and like just, I've got my fingers <laughs> in a little bit of everything. I pay attention to the pop cult, pop culture right. world. Now, what's your favorite I'm, video game in the last couple years? <laughs> uh, the new Castlevania. 
Okay. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let Sorry. him slide on that. He doesn't fucking know. He hasn't played a video game. I know. Twenty five. No, he years. did. He played. He Matt, played. You can't attack me for not That's playing true. video Pop games if you don't know who Ed Sheeran. I didn't just say I'm in everything. I know a little bit about everything. I didn't just say that. You did. Whatever. I'll be a fucking arrogant prick. I know a little bit about everything except stupid video games. <laughs> So, except the things except I don't like. Shit except, that yeah, I don't except know. for dumb video games. <laughs> but Ed, Ed Sheeran is a big enough pop presence. Like, he's fucking everywhere. It would be like almost like putting Justin Bieber in some place. Because he's so recognizable. Yeah. Like, you can't blend Ed Sheeran in anymore. Yes. It's almost like how Ben Affleck doesn't really blend into Batman. He's still kind of Ben Affleck because he's so he's so big, he's so recognizable. Ed Sheeran is too big and too recognizable to even be a bit player. I in think Game at of least Thrones. they had him doing the thing that he does in a organic way in the show. I like that even but it less. Did, well, do you? Did, well, if it was anybody singing the new Lannister song, "Hands of Gold," would you be upset, or just because? It's no, if it was just some, if it was some character in the show doing it. But since it's Ed Sheeran yeah. and Ed Sheeran's a singer, he needs to sing it. Like, unnecessary. Pulled me right out of the fucking experience. I do agree. It pulled me out. But I disagree that everybody should have, like, jumped down his shit and attacked him in oh, the manner I, that they did. I like Ed Sheeran. I don't want anyone to attack him. I'm sorry, Ed. You didn't. Didn't you no, give me shit I'm fine, for saying I'm fine. that I liked him? I'm, I'm 100% fine with Ed Sheeran. I don't think anyone should attack his shit. But. I think he should know better to understand that, hey, like, I'm pretty recognizable. I they, love this show. What if I don't want to fuck this up for What if they just else? offered it to him and said, and, and he, his, his nerdness would not allow him to turn that down? I mean, that's big. That's a big thing. That's fun. And he probably thought, oh, I'm just going to sing a song and kind of be part of the Lannister, Lannister army in the background. Maybe that's what he honestly thought. Well,. Didn't go that yeah, way. It did. Yeah, it didn't go that way, face. did it? No, it did not. So I, yeah, I, I think you could make a Masters of the Universe movie, but I have no faith that anyone that would get the property would be able to do it justice. Ian, what well, would you like to see? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh uh, no, no, no. We can. I'm just trying to move it along. We can move it on. Um, it, ironically, you were talking about video games, Matt, and I think that. The first thing that popped into my mind, I think it's a no-brainer. The Legend of Zelda. I think it has a really Good pick. like lush environment and rich history. It's also uh, has a it has a, a through line of the hero's journey that you can do in any version that you would like to take. Yep, um, you can take bits and pieces from any number of the games. Uh, but it's essentially a legend, and it's just like, well, these kind of things sort of happen to these players. You can have Link and Zelda and Ganon, but you know, maybe it doesn't have to follow the the exact way that any one of those games fell. Um, it's I like swords and sorcery and fantastical situations and magic and creatures, and I think that a movie would have all of that, all of those elements in it. Mm-hmm. I think that the general story would be. Um, something that audiences could fall in line with because it's a pretty simple story. Yeah, well, you know why that's like never been made because of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, which the Super Mario Brothers movie but was such a disaster. Even... Nintendo hasn't allowed any of their shit to ever be made into movies since then. And that's kind of Nintendo's dumb fault. Well, Nintendo's a very dumb company. They they operate dumbly. The reason, a big reason... Is that reason a word, dumbly? ...why I was thinking of Zelda, I always would probably have thought of it, but uh, last week I got a big, gigantic um, Art and Artifacts Legend of Zelda book that has uh, all... Is that from Dark Horse? Has, I think so, yeah. It's from Dark Horse That's and Nintendo. Awesome. And it has, it's the compiled artwork of all the, um, all the... The player's guides, all, all the user manuals How freaking from cool. all the Zelda books. So is, is the art of Zelda, is that what it is? That's basically what it is. So look at it. But um, yeah, like I said, I think that it's it's a really rich kind it of... It smells good, too. Does it smell new? Oh, my word. <laughs> Don't you love the smell of new books? 
Especially Dark Horse books. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, my the Hellboy and BPRD books smell better than any other trade that the I get. only the only problem with Dark Horse books to get super nerdy the glue to all my Hellboy <laughs> books on the spine always came apart. It's the trades, yeah, yeah, yeah but but reason. doesn't that glue smell good? It does smell good, but I'm hoping I'm hoping they upgraded that Dark Horse they, glue. They upgraded their glue, but so, I I feel like they could do they could do a bunch of even. They could fit one story into a movie, which is what I was having the most difficulty yeah. with this assignment, was finding something that I liked enough that I wanted to see that could be compacted into two and a half hours or two hours. The, a lot of the stuff that I want to see, I'd rather see it as a TV show. I'd rather see the long form uh, play out of all the characters bouncing off of each other, the the character arcs that can take place over seasons and seasons of something. But the legend of Zelda, I think is, is tight enough and there's not a ton of character development that you have to go through. Like links pretty much the same dude all the way through. Right. So I think that that would be, be something that, uh, Nintendo could possibly, if they ever wanted to get back in to the, uh, filmmaking business, I think they would be wise to go with, are the there of only three characters? Uh, I mean, there Isn't are Zelda, Lincoln, and Ganon. Ganon. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think there are some side characters. characters that appear there's in the different. The old man that keeps giving them the weapons in the cave. There's there there's uh, fairies. the fairies, and fairies play a pretty prominent role in the N sixty four games. They're sort of your guide. Would this you be can an... flesh that out to be like Link's sidekick? Yeah, right. Would this be an animated movie or would it be? I'm thinking live action. I yeah. think that you could do it pretty cool in live action. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, the the Majora's Mask, that Skull Kid, is yep. like one of the main characters. So there are a lot of different iterations that you could pull all yeah. different kinds of supporting cast from. So right. um, I, I think that it's just ripe for a movie. I agree with so, that totally. But the. The history of video game movies is not very good. No, it's so not good at all. This Terrible. is going to break the. This is going to break through and be the one that gets everyone back on board. In my in my world, yes, Paul. I uh, you look at it cynically. I look at it optimistically. Right. It's like a lot of times these video game movies get, you know, no name directors, crappy actors, or a mix of them, and and. Of course you're going to get something dumb. A lot of the video games that are made into movies are pretty shallow games to begin with. But like in the case of Zelda, there there's so much fertile ground to tell really cool fantasy stories. It, it seems like the prime opportunity to tell a really really cool fantasy story. And not only that, uh in there's um there's an album called Actually, I can't remember what it's called. It's like video game music played by the London Symphony Orchestra. And it's a collection of all these different themes from video games. Everything from like Tetris to Sonic the Hedgehog and, and Legend of Zelda. And and they compose it in such a... um, Like... I don't... What's the word? Um, grandiose? Grandiose cinematic cinematic way that it's like why is this not the 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 soundtrack to the zelda movie it's so good and you think about that's a great point zelda's just zelda's theme song is such a like a dynamic driving song that i think that that has that has the weight of a feature film it it, major everything besides the fact that it comes from the lineage of video games yep. everything else to me speaks to like a right. highly transportable piece of intellectual property right. that should be on the silver screen you think about the failures that the video game movies have had why why did the mario movie stink because it had nothing to do with super mario it, it was nothing right. connected to the original games or the plot or the right. history or anything like that um, the Resident Evil movies, uh, they're all right, but I mean, that's basically just zombie apocalypse. I mean, right. Well, there are some games that, that just wouldn't translate well to a movie. Like, the Resident Evil games are really cool. They're so fun to play, but I don't think they'd be good to watch 
You know, like even if they have you never seen any of the Resident Evil movies? No, but I mean, I've seen the trailers and everything, and I know enough to know that they're nothing like the games. Yeah, and like the the first game, for example, when they're in the haunted house or the house, the mansion. Yeah, I don't think that would work as a as a film. I just, I mean, the acting, the voice acting in that game is so atrocious. But there's that's part of the charm of the game itself. You know, that's part of why I like that game so much. I thought Silent Hill was actually pretty decent. Um, is movie? Sean Bean, am I wrong? Is Sean Bean in Silent Hill? Is he the main guy? I don't know. I, I, I thought he might be. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. But um, I, if I remember correctly, I thought Silent Hill, the film was, was decent. It scared me. It, had some uh, like a similar plot to the film or uh, to the to the video yeah, game. Yeah, Sean so. Bean's in it. Yeah, good actor, high quality actor. And Rod Ha Mitchell. Do we know who that is? No. We don't know who that is. So yeah, I mean, sure, video game films have been uh, a wasteland, <laughs> but I don't think that it's. It's something that is radioactive that you can't go there with the right property. And mm-hmm. I think that Zelda is the right property. Matt, do you have a second choice? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, it, uh, well, okay. So I kind of talked about it in episode 200 where I said Savage Dragon should be a movie, but I'm not going to repeat that, even though it should be a movie, Paul. Um, my other pick is actually another video game property. Uh-oh. As Paul starts slitting his wrists. I would love Savage Dragon to be a series just so you'd be forced to watch it. <laughs> because I, th- what would, I think What's it, the I most unforgivable TV channel that you would never, ever watch? It, it Savage Dragon should be on the CW. No, no, no. I watched a lot of... Um, Supernatural. I think I checked oh, okay. out after yeah. after six seasons. Savage Dragon could be a really cool Netflix series. It could be. It, yeah. It, as a matter of fact, maybe it would be better as a series. I don't know. Uh, but just given that I typically like films better, I'm gonna say they should make the the original trilogy, the original uh, three issue miniseries that they eventually expanded into five issues. You remember when they did that, Ian? They <laughs> They sold them for 99 cents a piece and they called it The Dragon. Remember mm-hmm. when they did that? I do remember. That expanded version, that could be a really cool um, a really cool movie if they did those those five issues as one movie. But anyway, the one that I wanted to talk about was I think Halo would be a really cool movie and it was so close to happening. They've done these little like video shorts mm-hmm. and little like webisode type series that are pretty shitty. But What's Halo? Earth gets taken over by aliens. Sort of, yeah. It's it's kind of about like the anti-alien army. Yeah, kinda. Um, That's what Master Chef does. Yeah, cooks, <laughs> cooks food for the troops. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, as it turns out, there's there's a like a not just a race of aliens, but a an entire colon like a lot of different alien races that have come together and they call themselves the covenant and they're traveling throughout the galaxy and they come across earth and they basically want to wipe out humans. And as a means to fight back, the humans genetically engineer these like super soldiers. And that's what master chef is. It's master chief, by the way. Uh, and (laughs) master chef. And so they have, they have this entire, they have this entire planet um, well, it's not an entire planet, but it's like a base on this planet called Reach. It's the name of the planet where they have all their um, super soldiers located. Well, right before the first game starts, apparently there was this huge battle and all the super soldiers basically get wiped out and there's only one remaining one. Gordon Ramsay. What's that? Gordon Ramsay. And it's Gordon Ramsay, yeah. And uh, and so... It's it's Master Chief and you play as him and um, you basically start the game on on this big like space aircraft carrier thing for the good guys, but it it basically gets taken over and boarded by the Covenant and you have to hop in an escape pod and 
you escape and you land on this artificial ring world. It's just this ring that, you know, has oceans and, and grass and hills and mountains, but it's like just a ring. It's really cool. And they call it the halo. And you don't know what it is. You don't know where you are, but you're basically on this fake world trying to find other survivors and basically mount like a resistance. I never knew like that Halo referred to the world that you're playing on. Yeah. It's kind of cool. News to yeah. me. So, um, well, nobody expected you to know that. So the the first game is you trying to like team back up with other um, with other members of the, you know, the like Bobby aircraft. Flay. Like what? <laughs> Bobby Flay. Yeah. And Geefy Eddie. So... <laughs> You have to get the flavor town. Is that the frugal chef? Is that <laughs> the frugal gourmet? The fr- is that what it was? Yeah, like the you have to get the who is the the woman? The barefoot contestant. Oh, you have to get yeah, you have to get Julia Childs. She's at like the final stage. So, um, this is this is peaked rare interest. So they call this Ring World the Halo. Yeah. But like, what's the big why? Like, what's the big twist about? Well, the big Halo? twist is the the Halo. Ha- the Halo is actually a giant like world killing weapon, and it's actually as it turns out, it's a prison sort of, where um, there was an ancient race of beings called the Forerunners, and they encountered this parasitic um, alien race or whatever that. Uh, was really really dangerous. It was called the flood, where they would just like in like take over humans and turn them into these monster zombie things. So they put them on this ring world, and I guess the ring world was a bit of a weapon. I don't know if it could actually blow up worlds or if it, or what. Um, it's a little convoluted, but um, as it turns out, there's a lot more to the the Halo than what you first realize when you get to it, and Meanwhile, the Covenant follows you onto, you know, onto the Halo. So, you know, some of the levels are like wide open. There's, there's this really cool level. And granted, this is 2001. So, you know, you're kind of limited by the technology of the time. But there was like this invasion where the good guys like show up on these like flying transports and they hop out and they're like storming this beach. And it was cool. Like these are the kind of things that... I think would make for a good movie. Now, originally Peter Jackson was set to direct it, if you remember that. And then, you know, eventually because of studio problems or whatever, it never happened. But, um, as a matter of fact, they ended up with Peter Jackson studio. They ended up making a movie called district nine, which I believe was originally going to be the halo movie, but instead they shifted their resources to that. But, um, I remember there being a big push for the Halo movie. Yeah, it's like, it's there got, was a comic series that came. There was out. a comic series. It's got the music, you know, that's kind of iconic. It's got, you know, if Peter Jackson wanted to do it, it's got the director. It's like got. I think it's like one of my favorite sci-fi things ever. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not a huge sci-fi person, but this was pretty cool. And and it's got like space marines that are total ripoffs of what you have in Alien. Mm-hmm. It's just I think it's cool, and I think it would be a really really great sci-fi action movie. Well, Paul, do you have a second pick, or are you too apprehensive, too unsure that the studios can convert on the IP that you pick that you have no more picks? <laughs> I had I had two going in going into tonight and did you talk yourself out? No, the second the second one was I think the second one was good, but Matt and I were talking earlier, and um, Matt, you made me forget what the second one was. So, um, in the spirit of like no holds barred and any anything anything we want, um, I'm gonna go Green Lantern two. Would you call like okay? Give us the. <clears throat> Give us the outline of Green Lantern Two. Like, what? What do you? What do you want to do? Are you? And we'll doing either a approve or reject up? it. Yeah, I mean, well, give me, give me, give us your pitch. Give me starring, or is it like a direct sequel? What's the? What's the? Uh, what's a budget? I mean, 
you know. Yeah, like Green Lantern one. What's the subtitle or the what's the not the colon. subtitle? It's not it's Green, Lantern, Green Lantern colon two. Dark going, Blackest Night. No, we're going old school. We're just doing Green Lantern two. The we're Roman numerals or the number two. The number two. Number the number two. Okay. Not green. Not like Teen Wolf two. Not like T-O-O. Green Lantern two. The new batch. No. Um, Green Lantern two. The search for more to the money. Number two. Which is a callback to the first movie. Okay, Which so go ahead. Number two. We've interrupted you. The Not fir- enough, but enough. The first movie stunk. Uh, there were very few redeeming, redeeming parts of it. So the only two redeeming parts of it make the return for the second one. We learn about what they did wrong. We get Ryan Reynolds an actual, like Marvel style. Green Lantern suit that reflects Get some piping on what that. it looks like on in the in the comic books. Maybe a little piping. We uh, bring Mark Strong back as Sinestro, and I think you know the first half. You see, you really get to see the relationship between Hal trying to balance Hal and Sinestro with Hal trying to balance being a Green Lantern and owning his responsibilities on Earth, and Sinestro uh, turning more and more toward the Yellow Lanterns, becoming the Sinestro core, leaning more toward fear, disagreeing with the Guardians, and like seeing all the all the stress that that puts on Hal, trying to still be, still be on Earth, do his earthly duties, and be a space cop, being paired with the most strictest of of partners in Sinestro trying to figure out his own, his, his own shit, uh, recast Carol Ferris because Blake Lively had no, uh, no chemistry with, with, with Ryan Reynolds. Isn't that her husband that she has two kids with? Yeah, but they didn't on screen. I think she was trying to force it too much. Ryan Reynolds is she natural a, treasure. Uh, is she a good or bad actress? Maybe it's on her cast Monica Baccarin from, uh, or Morena Baccarin oh, from, from from Deadpool because they have more chemistry. Yeah, they look like they than really Ryan Reynolds fucked. and his real wife. Yeah, like I, I think it like if if you learn learn from lessons past and you can build on what you've done. Like Mark Strong was an amazing Sinestro. Ryan Reynolds was a great Hal Jordan. Like there were the the very bare bones of Green Lantern mythology were laid. In that movie, like you could even work it so that Atrocitus is the one that gets out, and you know the Red Lanterns are start starting to pop up around the universe, and it's up to Hal and Sinestro to bring them down. But Sinestro's like, we need if the only way we can beat this is is fear with fear, mm-hmm. and Hal's like, Green Lanterns, Green Lanterns for life, it's willpower, 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 and that's where the fracture and their friendship comes from, trying to. Both save the universe, but from different ideologies. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Could be a really good movie, but you know, all that, all that down the tubes. And now, who the fuck knows we're gonna, who who we're gonna get in this nonsense that DC's doing now? Maybe Army Hammer, which I would be okay with. Ian, could be. Um, uh, I, we may have talked about this uh, before, but I think I'm gonna go back to um, some old properties from the '80s. Thundercats. I'd like to see a Thundercats movie. I'd like to see uh, uh, Michael Bay's Thundercats. Michael Bay's Thundercats. I don't know who I would get to direct Thundercats, but it would not be Michael Bay. Who would star in Thundercats? Ah, uh, boy. Who's got some awesome Lion O'Main? I, I really don't know. I have Brad Pitt from that fan made trailer. Little, that was, Brad Pitt's a little. It was way better than it should have been with yeah. Vin Diesel as Panthro. Yeah, you could. Yeah, that's absolutely. We, <laughs> we need Vin Diesel as Panthro, and then we'll figure the rest of it out later. Yeah, I don't know who he would get as Lion O, but um, I think that there's enough there. It's got a cool theme song. I don't know if there's a. Um, Symphonic version of the Thundercats theme song. Give it I think to we need to Michael go. Giacchino. I think we He'll need take care of it. I think we need to go all '80s madness with it and just have the fucking rock and guitar. But yeah, Thundercats would be pretty cool. Will you I give th- to George Miller then? Yeah, sure. Why not? I think he could do some some pretty cool stuff. Some pretty uh, his mutants would at least be 
monstrous. Yeah, Thundercats. Thund- Thundercats could be cool. I don't like. We we were talking about doing this, and every like beside like I I forget what that other idea was that I had, but it was also kind of leaning toward horror. And with um with Mamra and like you know Slythe and Jackalman and Monkey, yeah, the and, like could be really freaky, scary. Yeah, like live action, they have the potential to be really scary. So. Like I keep leaning toward making things, like like changing. Like we don't necessarily need a superhero movie with a superhero in it. Mm-hmm. So like um, yeah, like you can do Thundercats, but it doesn't need to be like Lionel is He Man or Lionel's Superman, and like he's the big hero. Like do something really creepy. Like switch it up a little bit. Could be neat. Could be neat. I'm okay. all for it. I think that's... Is that all we got for uh, tonight? Do you have another one, Matt? I have like five more, but... Give uh, us another one. Uh, this one would be cool. This is a remake. Um, this is open to remakes, things that haven't been made, sequels that should be made, all that stuff. But this is a remake. I think we're due for a remake of The Wizard of Oz... The original story, directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro. That's it. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Absolutely. The horrific. It, it is. It is like a bit of a horror story. I mean, mm-hmm. if you read the original Frank L. Baum book, there's a part in it where they don't even call him the Tin the Tin Man. They call him the Tin Woodsman, and. He is protecting Dorothy. I think this is before they meet up with um, the lion. It's just uh, the Tin Woodsman, the Scarecrow, and Dorothy. And there are these like wolves that are tracking him. And the wolves are a little bit... Um, I don't know. They have... I don't think they're just like wolves. I think they're kind of like people-ish or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're attacking um, these guys. And the Tin Woodsman like, steps forward and he protects them with his axe. And he fucks them up and he has like piles of these dead like werewolves or whatever that have attacked it's it's so cool at least that's the way i remember it in my head so maybe that isn't exactly the way the book went down del toro has it covered and he's going to direct it as such but i think the story could be so visually amazing you know the last and hey here's a fun fact the the wizard of oz movie that we all know and love the musical that wasn't the original. There is one that predates it from like the the nineteen teens. It was a silent joint, right? It was a silent joint with the most racially insensitive character in the world, this black guy named Snowball. How dare they? <laughs> and he was Was he one of the characters off to see the wizard? He I think he was just there for comic relief. It was like the... As we always are. It was a silent film. So, you know, it had this looping piano that played for... I swear to God, this movie was three hours long. And they had, it would have those text cards yeah. cut throughout. It, it was the one of the worst things I've ever sat through. Like, oh, but, gee, Miss Dorothy. But, you know, then they remade it. It was the musical the and it became the classic that it is. But... I think that this story, you know, throw out that James Franco nonsense that Sam Raimi made. Like this movie needs Sam Raimi made that. Yeah, That's your I boy. Think he did. Holy shit! I think he did. Wow. That was when James Franco. They were like putting him in shit that wasn't a Seth Rogen comedy. They were trying that for a while, like Planet of the Apes. He's and- still trying that. He was in the new Aliens for a hot second. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? <clears throat> A hot he's, second he's gonna before be they playing. burned him to death. Was he, he in Prometheus at all? No. No, okay. Now he's going to be playing Tommy Wiseau in the That's good in be the room. fucking awesome. Have yeah. you, Comedy have you seen, biography. Have you ever, either of you seen, Paul, you've never seen that. I have you seen have? The Room. Yeah. Shit, that does not seem like your cup of tea. Did you hate, you hate well, it? Well, Matt, <laughs> I'm a cinephile. He has his, did, Matt, didn't you hear? He has his fingers in everything. Oh, Matt. <laughs> except Matt, the for room was, the dumb shit that he doesn't like. The Room was the absolute worst. I don't know why we still give this movie credence. Like, I get it. Hilarious. Because it's, it's, I get it, it's hilarious. It's so poorly done, it's hilarious. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's so fucking, it's bad. It's just so fucking bad. I'm like, just fucking 
just why come on why 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 does anyone no one should know the name Tommy Wiseau I own it's so bad it's not even good it's not even good I want to watch it like right now terrible so you didn't find enjoyment in watching it no Jesus no I thought it was fucking stupid because it is stupid my sister and brother-in-law loved the room so much that for their wedding before they got married my brother-in-law had a scene, like, perform the wedding football scene, before, like, where they're just, like, throwing the football around pre-wedding, which is the most bizarre thing on earth, but it was hilarious. But, yeah, Wizard of Oz, Guillermo del Toro, I could see the Tin Man, he would have, like, it would be, like, tin, tin scale, like his, like, grayscale from Game of Thrones taking over your body. He would just be, like, infected with, like, tinness, and he would have to get that shit off of him. Gotta see the wizard for that. So, that could be horrific. <laughs> I like I like more of the, the 30s version where he's just, he becomes a tin man. And, like, he completely changes. Well, how about what Return to Oz was fucking scary? The Wheelers the and Jonathan Brandis all that shit? joint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Return to Oz was wasn't creepy. she in that? Yeah, that was really the the Wheelers. For as silly as they are, with like wheels on their hands and feet, they were fucking creepy. Yeah, the Land of Oz stuff is actually pretty creepy stuff. So who better to do it than Guillermo del Toro? No one. Uh, in the spirit of doing uh, creepy different takes on characters my number one all time every time I talk to someone about what movie you would love to see it is a Superman movie with Bizarro as the villain because Bizarro is capable of being a sympathetic character not comic book Bizarro where he talks backwards and he has the big rock me number one around his chest like a horror version of Superman. Like he can do everything Superman can do, but he slowly degenerates. Like his skin starts cracking and turning white. And by the time like he's become like super zombie Superman, his only focus is Lois Lane. So like, I think you can set up a, let's just do the animated series story, but you can take it to the next level where you have some of the uh, Alex Ross Bizarro artwork from Injustice where he's just a hulking silent killer and Bizarro is just terrifying he doesn't speak he's not funny he's not played as a joke like and I, I'd, I'd love a movie that would give Henry Cavill a way to do more things and to have you know more range and emotion like he can play both characters in this case, and uh, you know, to see a real Lex Luthor, someone just just go ahead and cast Clancy Brown, shave his head, have him be Lex Luthor. <laughs> Get uh, what's the kid's name? Justice League kid was in Social or, Network that played oh. Lex Luthor. What's his name? Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, get Jesse Eisenberg the fuck out of there. Get a real actor to play Lex. Get <laughs> him to play actor. the legitimate, like, uh, like scary, can't touch me, you know, like, businessman. He creates Bizarro from Superman's DNA. And, like, for the first half of the movie, Superman's like, well, fuck, there's another Superman here. What the fuck's going on? And you just get the sense from the entire first half that everything's going to turn in the second half and you see the slow degeneration of Bizarro into like the horrific monster in the second half and you could play it more like a horror movie it doesn't a really good Superman story doesn't need to be like the big hero turn like a really good Superman story could be a slight horror movie and my god would I fucking love to see that that's that's my number one until someone does it properly it will always be my number one and do you have any final ones? No, I, I can't top that. That's all <clears throat> That's all I got. That's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.